Come on, a little, little dance? A little dance, maybe? I can't get him to dance. It's all right, because I'm Dan Lukowitz, your host of another great episode of Dan on Top. Today we have with us, ooh, this is going to be fun, August Binyaz. Did I get that right? You got it perfect. Nailed it. All right, real estate investment manager at CPI Capital. And August, you got a guest. How are you two doing? <laughs> We're doing, doing good. fantastic. I'm here actually with the CEO of CPI Capital, Ava Benesaki. So she was going to join me on the show. Yes. And, and that is your living room in the background. Wow. <laughs> that is the living room. That's right. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, thank you guys both so much for joining us. This is a little bit of a surprise. Wasn't expecting to, but I'll take it. So anyway, again, I'm Dan Lukowitz. This is a great show, if I may say so myself. I'm the host. This is, you know, we've done 100 plus episodes. I actually was on your show. Gosh, it must have been, what, three, four months ago? That's right. Yeah, we really enjoyed having you on our show. It was a few months ago. Yeah, time flies. Apparently, they decided to get back at me and come on my show to give me a hard time like I gave them a hard time, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, awesome. So we're counting on it. So before we get into what you guys do. I want to know who you are. So I'm going to give you both the floor, but please tell us. And again, August Vinyaz, and we're, we're also met with the CEO of CPI Capital, correct? Yes, Ava Benasaki. Ava Benasaki. Awesome. So August Vinyaz, who are you? And Ava Benasaki, who are you? Yeah, definitely. Maybe I'll, I'll go first here uh, since he said my name first. So I've, I've I'm a real estate professional. I've been in the real estate business now for 16 years, um, and I've played different positions in this uh, in this sport of real estate. Uh, starting out from humble beginnings as a licensed agent, uh, I wasn't really good at being a real estate agent, but I was good at finding deals. So I started doing, you know, finding my own deals, brokering them, um, doing small fix and flips. I eventually started my own general contracting company. Um, uh, started building luxury single-family homes, like the home you see here is one of the homes that I've built. I was kidding. Um, I literally thought that that was a background. <laughs> no, it's oh. not a green screen. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and <laughs> and um, so um, from there, I wanted to obviously scalability is very important. I yes. saw myself uh, wanting to scale my business and grow it, but I didn't really see that in the single family space. I looked at, hey, who's the best single family home builders? And is that something I want to be doing long term? Not really. So the, the vision was to be a developer. Uh, but in the in the world of real estate development, it's, being, it's made to be very glamorous, but it's not. Most real estate developers actually go bankrupt because they don't diversify. And in the ground up development process, there's lots of risks that exist. You got issues with rezoning when you have to go through the city uh, uh, city halls and different areas. Uh, you got public hearings when when uh, you know want, you want to build a project that you know, especially here in Canada, the restrictions are lots. You have issues with environmental issues when you start uh, developing sure. for uh, sure. you know, uh, contamination issues or environmental issues. And then when construction begins, you have um, problems that could come up with change of cost of material and issues with contractors. So it's a, it's it's a difficult game. And again, I saw myself that hey, I'm. Uh, you know, to scale my business and get where I want to do, I probably can can reach there. But the timeline, the you know, the horizon would be very long. And I looked at you know peers and other people in my industry, and I noticed that the, the very successful groups were multi generational groups where you know it was passed on from the father or the grandfather. But I was still somewhat successful in um, ground up development, doing multifamily projects here in Vancouver. Um, but a few years ago, I was. Um, I learned about a 
process in the U.S. that was being utilized that wasn't possible to be done in Canada. It was this concept of multifamily syndication, or as, as we call it here, um, real estate private equity is, um, you know, is, is buying already built multifamily assets, and um, which at times they have a component of value add going in there, doing some upgrades. But the, from the rents collected, you're able to pay the mortgage payment, taxes and fees, um, uh, and, um, and still have a surplus left. So when you bring on investors, you can pay your investors' returns. In my case, in single-family or multifamily ground-up development, there was no cash flow. So um, myself and my investors, as we invest into a project, and nobody got paid till the project was fully built and sold. But in this concept that I was seeing in the US, um, there was cash flow from day one. What surprised me as being a Canadian builder was that in Canada, the rent to value ratios are so low. So if you wanna copy the same model here in Canada, buy a hundred unit apartment building from the rents we would collect, we wouldn't be able to pay our mortgage payment. Let me ask you a question on that. And I apologize for interrupting, sure. but just because everything you're saying resonates so strongly with me, and I got a background in single-family residential house flipping. I tell everybody this, I'm a recovering house flipper. Um, but basically, I, um, I've i noticed that in some markets, I mean, here in Michigan and Detroit, I mean, back, if you can get 1%, 1.5%, or if you can get maybe even a less, little less now, of the cost of the property per month, that's a good rental property. In, in Canada, do you have such a, a correlation? Can you give us some, maybe put it into perspective for us uh you know, southern investors here in the U.S.? Definitely, yeah. You talk about the 1% rule where many investors look at when, uh, you know, the, the, a month's rent of, uh, of a property equals to 1% of that property's value. So just to give you a perspective, a, a you know, medium home price here in Vancouver is uh, $1.2 million. Wow, are medium, you kidding me? On the, Unbelievable. Uh, the medium, uh, 1.3, 1.3. The medium condo price in Vancouver is seven hundred thousand. Not not a rent. The medium rent for that condo is twenty five hundred bucks a month. So you're looking oh at something gosh. like point two percent. That's, so you're in, that's in insane. Extreme negative cash flows. So you won't even you're not even close to be able to pay your mortgage payment. Not when you put taxes and uh, you know uh, uh, strata fees when it comes to wow. condos and what have you. Uh, now you you know you're you're not in, but but there is you're playing the appreciation game, but in, in, in commercial real estate, but don't you I'm, I'm think? Sure I mean, you gotta buy on value, right? Like you gotta. I tell people, make decisions in life that increase your net worth, and I don't mean over time. I mean right then. So I, when I buy, I buy with built-in equity, just like Warren Buffett style. Right? Warren Buffett style is buy undervalued companies, right? So I love that. I love undervalued companies. And I love undervalued real estate. How can someone succeed in Canada, right? If they're not having a situation where there's positive leverage or coming in and there may be even even it's, it's a zero deal right it's a cash flow negative deal and it's negative equity to explain that to me yeah and that's why it was so difficult to scale i mean also taxation is very difficult here it's not like the u.s the system is built in a way that makes it almost impossible for smaller groups to try to succeed um and um yeah i mean when i talk to brokers uh, the, uh, you know uh, real estate agents about this concept of why would somebody buy a hundred unit apartment complex here in vancouver what's the purpose if they're if they're in negative cash flow and their answer uh, consistently is uh, is is um they do it for um they do it for capital preservation so either they're in between deals or they okay, park okay. money. So it's yeah. not the same concept that, as they have in the U.S. And so for us, as soon as we, we noticed this, 
gold mine across the, across the border, my full attention got onto that process, you know, that, uh, that type of uh, business model and that asset class. But again, we were, we were seen as international investors. So is that what you guys are doing? Is, is you're, you're kind of doing that arbitrage of having investment groups in Canada investing in the U.S.? Exactly. Yeah. So, Very so we, nice. we we saw a problem that existed here for for investors, and okay. that they you know they, they, they you always hear hey invest in real estate invest in real estate is a you know many books out there and and there's so much content coming at people but when when people here in Vancouver and Toronto two of the two of the largest cities in Canada want to invest in real estate yeah the 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 starting point the kind of uh, getting into the real estate is so high that the, yeah. the, is, is almost impossible and for most people. You want to talk numbers? I mean, we've got a guest coming up in a few episodes. Her name's Lake. Of the, the, I always, man, can we start this episode over? No, I'm just kidding. I always, I always mispronounce her name. Leka Devtha. Okay, she was in the studio for a previous show, and she's gonna be on in a few more episodes. She's from Seattle, and she comes here to Detroit. You want to talk Detroit numbers? Talk to her. You want to talk Detroit numbers? Talk to me. I mean, I I, I could give you numbers. I purchased a property, uh, Renaissance Real Estate Ventures is a company I own, and it was a barrier free. Sorry, it was a a property renovation company. Purchased resale renovation uh, and investment in in properties specifically in the city of Detroit. Uh, I can give you a, a property on Stople, okay, and that property uh, purchased for thirty five thousand dollars, all cash, right? Um, I actually levered that. That was not even. That was like half my money and half somebody else's money, and that property uh, was rented out for eleven hundred dollars a month. Okay, I did do some improvements. Okay, I spent two hundred fifty dollars fixing the garage door. So those are my capital improvements. Got my tenant, my one somebody who was working for me on one of my crews, eleven hundred dollars a month. Right. And uh, holding it for 11 months, I said, you know what? I love brokerage. Let me just free up some of my headspace. I don't need any rental properties. So I said, if I put it up in the MLS for 49.9 and somebody buys it, I'll sell it to them. I'll buy this thing back for 30 cents on the dollar when we get another correction, if we get a correction. Keep in mind, this was in 2019. Okay. So guess what I did? I put it up in the MLS 49.9. And by the way, I let a broker put it on the MLS because I'm not going to mess with little residential stuff. I'm busy with my commercial deal. So I let my broker buddy put it up. No offense to him. I love him. Put it up. By the end of the day. We had an offer for $60,000 cash, okay? So I sold it. Even at $60,000 cash, $1,100 of rental income, you know what the expenses as the landlord were? Okay, the landlord paid for taxes, okay, and insurance. The tenant paid for the water, the tenant paid for the heat, the, the electricity, everything, all right? And then after 11 months, I said to myself, I'm not even gonna wait to get out of capital gains because. Buy it for thirty, you know, thirty-six plus a little closing cost plus two fifty. Maybe you're in thirty-seven five. No, actually, I made the seller pay the closing costs on the purchase. Sell it for sixty grand. I mean, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. So I tell people, if you're anywhere in the country and you want to invest, the United States is a great place to invest. And if you're in Canada and you want to work with somebody who's investing in the United States, get in touch with with a guy in Cal like this, or at least reach out to them for more information because the opportunities are pretty much endless. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Well said. No, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and just to speak about kind of what, what we so so we, we realized that the, the pain point that existed for Canadian real estate investors, people who want to invest in real estate. And this could also be accredited investors, somewhat high net worth individuals. They already own a home. It's a, mm-hmm. you know difficult debt service at home. They might have purchased another property as a kind of yeah. a rental property or what have you. But now they want to invest in real estate. And the, the common pain point is being an active investor, but now you have to debt service another property, which you know could potentially cost millions. So, this concept of passive investing in Canada didn't really exist. That provides cash flow mm-hmm. and, appreciation. and appreciation. That's when we got so excited to 
to create this model to allow Canadian investors to invest into these large assets in the U.S. and have relief from double taxation. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? For sure. I, mean, I guess it's my show, but anyway, I'm asking you a question. I got a property in Oak Park, Michigan. I just I love. I don't talk numbers usually, but I like to talk numbers when it comes to like situations like this to compare and contrast. Purchase. It was listed for sixty-two thousand dollars, fourteen hundred thirty-one square foot, all brick home on a dead end street, huge lot, no garage, but full fourteen hundred square foot basement. Okay, owned by HUD. Purchased in two thousand seventeen for seventy-five one hundred one. HUD was asking sixty-two thousand, but I just said. All cards on the table. Get rid of anybody else. You're not going to compete with me because I'm Dan on top. Got the property, okay, and renovated it. Put a lot of money into it. I actually house hacked it and lived there. Don't tell anybody, um, which is totally legal, right? Because I lived there for four years. And again, the rule is two years out of five, at least now in America, you don't pay any capital gains taxes. I did this on my previous house. We'll talk about that another time. So that house, right? I purchased another house. Purchasing another house tomorrow to move into with my wife. Just got married. Okay, and um, that house is in a dub- another city. This house, I'm going to list it for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm into it for maybe I don't know one fifty, one sixty. I don't know, a little less. I told her, I said, we're going to kick ourselves in five years for selling this property because I could rent this property out for fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred dollars a month, and that's not even a good rental property. That property was set up as an equity property, as a purse primary residence. So it's so important at any juncture to look at your opportunities. You might own a home. That you can house hack, right? You might be living next to a person who is investing in another country, right? You might have a situation where you can have equity buildup and you can have rental uh, rate appreciation and you can have cash flow. There's so many opportunities. I just urge people to stop and think and ask questions because if you're getting 0.2% or 0.4% of your purchase price every month and you're happy with that, well, how happy would you be with? One percent, one and a quarter percent. How happy would you be with? And that's per month, right? That's per month. We're talking 12, 16, 18 percent annually. Okay. And how happy would you be if you hook up with good people like, like, like these two on the show and find out that you can do arbitrage across country lines and you can take advantage of tax benefits? And none of this is illegal. Okay. This is all in the code. This is all there. This is all in the handbook to teach you how to do the right thing, right? How to make money, how to, you know, use the IRS. Uh, code 1031, if God willing, we still have it for much longer, right? All those things. So network, research, listen to good podcasts, talk to good people. If anybody out there wants more information, wants to connect with you guys, how can we reach you? Absolutely. They can, yeah. they can get on um, our, go on our website, cpicapital.ca, or they can, they can find me on LinkedIn, August Biniaz on LinkedIn. Um, okay. We're pretty easy to find. Benasaki on LinkedIn, and this is the this is the exact reason why we started an educational platform. You can Love find it. us on Canadian Canadian Passive Investing Academy on YouTube. Um, awesome. The show you were on, Dan. The show that you were on, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> are, yeah, why don't we do yeah, a link back? Yeah. Why don't we do a link back? I'm on your show. I'm on your yeah. site. This is a good time. I'm not going to make an announcement, but DanOnTop.com. That's DanOnTop.com. Same name as the show. You can watch them on my site as well. So let's do that link back. Let's let's share. Absolutely. Let's synergize because there's so much information out there. Look up these get this guy and this gal. They're awesome. I love interacting with them. Network with them. Learn from them. There's so much available. What else do you guys want to close with? We got about two minutes left. Do you have any questions for me for Dan on top? Yeah. So what, what, are you currently working on any projects? You said you just got married. I thought you had a bunch of kids. <laughs> Uh, the answer is yes to both of them. I just got married okay. on the 4th of July. I do have a bunch of kids. They're amazing. I hope that they're watching this. I love you. I love you, Esti. love you, uh, Batsheva, Nussin, Moshe. I love my wife, Brady. Got a lot of good people in my life. 
the the other part of your question is am I doing any deals um yeah, I'm doing a lot of deals. We got a lot of cool stuff going on. Most of the stuff I do is in the net lease space of the commercial real estate world. However, I have a you know a syndication with with some some very close friends for single family properties in and around Metro Detroit. I've got a, you know some other colleagues that are investing uh, syndications all over the country in net lease syndications. I'm getting a lot of people reaching out. I was on the Nothing But Net podcast. I was on the um, Joe Fairless Best Ever podcast. Got a lot of people reaching out that want us to put together more syndications. But first and foremost, I'm a broker. Right, I'm an advisor. I add value, and that's really our motto here. It's add value, and everything else follows, which is why I had you guys on the show, okay? And I appreciate it. I appreciate the value that you bring, and I look forward to us networking. Anybody wants more information, you can go to www.danontop.com. You can also go to Apple and leave a five star review and leave some feedback. You can reach out to these people. You can reach out to me. You can do some deals. You can have some fun. I'm Dan Lukowitz. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Come on, raise the roof a little bit. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Thanks, guys, so much. See you soon.